Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are here today. I created this podcast to show and empower and inspire you that there is a life out there for you that you can create a life you can't stop thinking about and all you need to do that is already within you. Today, I have here Jocelyn. Jocelyn is a coach for fashion brands and today we are going to explore the excuses we are telling ourselves and all the things that are holding us back into stepping into our power and actually doing what we would love to be doing. So, hi, Jocelyn. Thank you for your time. I'm so excited to have you here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, to Of course. Thank you so much for having me, first and foremost. It's an honor to be here. Uh, to, to give you a little bit more background about me, I am a fashion business coach. So I help uh, brands develop boutiques and clothing lines. I'm also a self-taught fashion designer and a podcast host, but I didn't start in the fashion industry. I actually started my career in finance, uh, working in banking, working as a financial consultant. But after eight years of being miserable in my finance corporate career, I decided to follow my true passions, which was fashion. And I decided to start my fashion brand uh, for women's clothing. And quickly after, I found myself being approached by women asking me, how did you do it? How did you start your clothing line? How did you quit your job? And so I found myself naturally coaching women. So mm -hmm. now I also have my clothing brand, but I also coach women as well. Wow. Wow, that's cool. I, I, uh, as we spoke earlier, you mentioned that you were actually not unhappy in the job you've been doing, right? I think it was a, you, you, you said that it was a safe job, that you were doing a good job, but eventually you just felt that you are not pursuing, you're not listening to your calling, right? Yeah. You know, I, I first thought, you know, initially the job was what I thought was my dream job. Mm -hmm. And um, growing up, I, I always felt, you know, I'm the daughter of Guatemalan immigrant parents. And so I always felt that I needed to become the best, most successful version of myself to justify their sacrifices, right? Guatemala, they had limited opportunities. And here I am in the US with all the opportunities. And so I thought, okay, well, I need to be the best version of myself. And that meant being the most, the richest version of myself. Mm -hmm. I associated success with money, money. and mm -hmm. happiness with money growing up. And so I thought, I either needed to be a banker, a lawyer, or a doctor. And I watched the movie Wall Street with Charlie Sheen and just fell in love with the whole finance and the markets of it. Minus like the Ponzi schemes that were going on in the background, everything else I found really fabulous. And I, you know, I thought, okay, well, this is the route I'm going to take. I'm going to make a lot of money this way. So I went for it. And initially, I mean, it was exciting. The markets are exciting. You really never mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. You almost need to have an entrepreneurial spirit to work in finance because again, like you never really know what you're going to get. So I worked in wealth management, trading firms, um, the big four accounting firms. And initially, I thought I was pursuing my my calling, my dream. Yeah. But six years into my career, I started seeing signs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It was this, 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 some of the signs were me hitting snooze on my alarm, not just once, not just twice, not just three mm -hmm. times. It was four or five times, you know, I stopped applying myself at work. I stopped, I stopped oh, like trying to do um, extracurriculars. I stopped just really 
really being this high performing version that I, that I know that I am. Mm -hmm. And I came to the realization that, you know, I had everything that I thought I needed to be happy on paper. I had this amazing career. I had, I was making six figures. I had my dream apartment in downtown Chicago on a high rise. I had an amazing boyfriend, amazing group of friends. I like everything. I had it all checked, but I didn't understand why I felt so unfulfilled. And Mm -hmm. for me, I just felt like something is wrong and I don't know what it is. And it wasn't until the course of two years that I realized that it tied back to my job, that I wasn't doing what I loved. And I found such great pleasure of putting outfits together, even like taking my out my dresses apart and re-sewing certain pieces. And what I what I loved was fashion, but I never mm-hmm. pursued that because again, I'm going after the career that gives me the most money. And my understanding of being an artist is a starving artist. And I just knew that I didn't want to starve. <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah. it took me a while to realize, but at first it was something I thought I wanted, but over time the glamour wore off and mm-hmm. reality sunk in. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I mean, everything artsy, even nowadays, even the world is a little bit more open-minded nowadays, I would say, uh, everything that is art creations, it's still getting the stamp on it that, yeah, good luck with surviving, right? And I can imagine with your background, I am sharing a very similar story. Like my father has never made it in his career, but he was really wanting me to become a doctor. So for a long time, I believed, like, thank God I've never been to this university of medicine and I never did it. But it always came back to me in one way or the other that then I wanted to become a nurse, right? Because I quit my studies because it was anyways not what I was wanting to do, right? Because I was like switching back and forth being young and looking for something out there for me because everything I got presented was... Yeah, simply what people wanted me to do or what was right, what was the the good job you should get, right? And anything else would just nobody told me that there is more out there, right? And I was on the discovery for so many years and wanted to become a nurse. And eventually I end up in the health industry, which is still, I think, quite in my I mean, it was my hobby, it was a passion, mm-hmm. but it's still think it was triggered simply by the wish of my family to become something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then eventually, yeah. And you think, yeah, you you don't want to also show up as the person who is not seen as valuable enough, right? In the family and uh, in your environment. So, and for how long have you been being basically yeah, doing fashion at home secretly in your corner, sewing uh, dresses <laughs> apart. Was this something you've been doing since very young or did it come later? Yeah, you know, I didn't, I I always knew um, I liked fashion, but I didn't realize it until I was older, like in college. Mm-hmm. Like when I was young, I would watch America's Next Top Model every week religiously. Mm-hmm. I would watch runway shows and I loved it. I didn't know why. I just loved it, right? And, um, you know, when I got into high school and college, I would make my own costumes and I would 
just put really nice outfits together. It so didn't click that it was something that I had a talent for, that I had an eye for until later on when I, when I actually was working in finance and then realized that the one thing I really looked forward to was for the weekend. And then the weekend, Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, what am I going to wear? I got my Friday night outfit, my Saturday night outfit, my Sunday, like, this is what I lived for. And it just made me so excited. But, you know, I, I didn't realize, like I said, I didn't realize that I had this talent until I, I came to the realization that I was unfulfilled in my job. And I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. Let me give this a try. But again, at this point, I'm still working at my job. And I mm-hmm. still thought it was just going to be a hobby. I didn't think I, I was in no way, shape or form thinking that I was going to quit my job. Because again, my job pays the bills. My job pays well. And I went to school for this. You know, I'm not going to give all of this up. <laughs> so So I was teaching myself fashion design. I found a couple studios here in Chicago that did like one hour, two hour classes. And I started with fashion design and the process. And, um, you know, I watch a lot of uh, videos a lot. I watch a lot of master classes on this and eventually started slowly, but surely teaching myself fashion design. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it started off as a thing that I was doing on the side. And what really ended up changing that for me was I found myself being excited to leave work and go home and work on this business. <laughs> so I, I finally launched the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I launched a brand with a pop-up. I had I was in Chicago Fashion Week. I was having all of these events still as a secret on the side on the weekends without my job knowing. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and then co- one, yeah. and then COVID hit. So this started in 2019. So I, I I started in 2019. I launched in 2020, and then soon after COVID hit, and that even gave me the more that even gave me more flexibility to do things, to get on appointments, to do calls while I was quote unquote working mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> from home. Um, but unfortunately, what happened? What really what really made me take that leap of faith. What really made me jump over and just say, you know what, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go full time on this was during COVID um, in 2021, I wake up one night or one day, January, and I get a message that my father unexpectedly passed away from COVID. Now it was a shocker, right? And and it, it was one of those things that's like, you didn't see it coming. Right. And it was so mm-hmm. unexpected and so sudden. And, you know, during COVID, it was those times where you heard about other people, but you didn't think that it would happen to you or your family. Yeah. And so it was then that I realized because it was so unexpected that life is too short. What I learned from his death was that life can change in a snap of a finger. And that really made me stop and think and say, what am I doing? Why am I keeping this thing that makes me miserable? Sure, it makes I make great money, but I'm not happy. And I don't even have the time to go and enjoy this money. I can't even go on vacation. Mm-hmm. I have to ask for permission. It, it was just one of those things where I realized, who am I doing this for, right? It's no longer yeah. for my parents. You know, my dad passed away and my parents would have been my parents are proud of me no matter what I do. And I realized that I was, I I just, I wasn't living for me. And so what I realized, I'm like, you know what? Life's too short. I could, next day I can wake up and I could be gone. And so if I'm going to be on this earth once, I'm going to make it count. I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to have fun with this. Mm -hmm. And so 
couple months after his death, I quit my job and went full in on creating my women's clothing brand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That, yeah, it's quite a story. I'm uh, sorry for the loss of your father, but you mentioned that you've been doing that secretly, right? Always. So actually your full-time job became the side hustle. Although <laughs> it's not comparable in hours, but like the, yes, <laughs> right. Like the, um, the passion for it was just gone. Right. And gone. you said it just like, and I think now it comes supernatural to, to tell your story. And you said like, yeah, and I went full on, but how was that moment when you quit your job and you said, I'm going full on what was happening there? Because I think this is something that is usually put as once you've been through, it becomes the most natural thing for you to do, to yeah. go on things, right? But I think the first step is always the most difficult and a lot of people struggle with that. So would you like to take us a little bit through your emotions, feelings, fears, yeah. whatever has been there? I assume very present, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Till you finally richly stepped into the power and said, okay, I can really do that. There is no danger out there for me. Right. Exactly. It, it was a roller coaster. It was up and down. But what I will say is that I, I was already miserable in, in my job for the past two years, ever since I realized that it, that I was not following my calling. So I was miserable and there were times where I would literally cry like three times a week night, like my husband would look at me and say, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm crying because I did this whole project, this whole thing that took me hours. My manager reviews it for five minutes, rips it apart, say it's not good enough, blames me for things that I didn't do. Like it was just such a, a, a stressful environment to work in. Um, I was working crazy hours, especially, and this was during COVID at home. So I no longer went from working 8.30 to 6.30. The lines were blurred. And now I was working mm-hmm. 7 a.m. to 10.30, 11 p.m. Because what are you doing? You're not busy. No one's doing anything. Everything's closed. So get back to work. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was very hard on my mental health. Like I was showing signs of depression and, but it was something that I just felt like I just felt stuck And that. That made me feel even worse because I had no light at the end of the horizon. I just felt stuck. And again, I think for some people, unfortunately, we have to hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. We have to hit rock bottom to understand how valuable our dreams are, our passions are, and how life is. Because again, I was miserable for two years, but I did nothing about it. The only thing I did was, yeah, I was following my passion, but I was following it on the side. I mean, I never had this, in in a perfect world, I would, I was never like, oh yeah, I'm going to go full time on this. It was mm-hmm. more like, this is my my way of finding my creative outlet while I live this life that I thought I had to. Um, but again, it wasn't until my 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 father's death that just, that just changed everything for me. That it was no longer about being mis- like it was no longer about just doing what you have to do and and floating and doing the things. It was more like, no, I'm. I'm taking control of my life. I'm grabbing it by the reins because if I die tomorrow, my job's not going to care. They're going to replace me with someone else. And here I am like giving my soul to this company. They don't care about me. They they truly don't. Mm-hmm. And so um when when I when I when my dad passed away, I I was obviously in a very dark place. And the the most interesting thing was that 
when you're, when you're working, especially in a corporate setting, like they give you some time to grieve and they give you some time to attend the funeral. And, you know, it might be a week. I think I got a week to grieve. And so that, but then I was expected to, to get back on. And then after the whole week, I had the week off, obviously, I wouldn't say off. I mean, I was just not, am I not working for that week? As soon as I came back, it was like, oh, well here I had to open all these emails that while I was gone, it was a whole mm-hmm. long list of to-dos waiting for me. Yeah, and you it was were like, all right. expected to perform as yes. nothing happened before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like get back into the rhythm. And I just like in, in my dad's death was the first close death that I've experienced. And to me, it was more like just I can't believe. I mean, and I know I might I might sound naive saying this, but I just I just remember thinking to myself, like, I can't believe how we're expected to just take a week and then jump back on it. I'm like, what if, I mean, my dad, it was my dad, of course, but mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what if it was, you know, what if it was my, my husband, you know, like someone really cl- like, obviously my dad was close to me, but I just felt like it just didn't make I, sense to me. I, like it just yeah. didn't, you I know, I'm that, supposed yeah. to grieve. Yeah. And so I was still expected to be on meetings, lead meetings with clients and have, you know, have this persona. And like, to me, I was just like, this isn't it. So I finally spoke with my my sister, who's a big role model for me. And she had quit her job and she's, she's a career coach. And so she was like, you know, just quit, just start, your, start like going full in. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. She's like, I'm doing it. She's like, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? And I'm like, well, I make no money. She's like, okay, you make no money. So what? And I'm like, well, she's like, you're not going to live under a bridge. You mm-hmm. have full support of your husband. You have full support of your family what's the worst that can happen? So then I was like, okay, but I still was thinking I have to get my husband on board with this. And, you know, I spoke to my husband about it and he was like, totally on board. He's like, I've seen how miserable you are, how sad I was. Um, and he's like, you have my full support. He's like, you know, at the end of the day, if something happens, something, if this doesn't work out, you can always go back to getting a job or another career. Um, I have a great resume. <laughs> He's like, and, and at the end of the day, like I, I I'm here to support you. If something happens, you know, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to be homeless. I'm not going to starve. So it was like, I had that cushion. I had his support. And so I just felt like, you know what, there, there are people who want to help me my family. Why not take advantage of that, of that opportunity? Mm-hmm. And so I finally did, but it was when I finally put in my two weeks notice, if there was one word to describe how I felt when I finally told my manager, it was free. I felt free. Okay. Despite the uncertainty, despite the new emotions that, uh, of course, came up with entering the new world. And I think this is something our brain does automatically as soon as we enter a new world, right? It would tell us something's going to happen to you, like you're not going to make it. And automatically we start playing small, right? And mm-hmm. um would you just, I, I, I love this process of uh, establishing the worst case scenario, no matter what we do, right? Like, what is the worst thing that can happen to you? What is that? And if we honestly, intentionally ask ourselves that question, and if we honestly answer it, we will realize that this worst case scenario is certainly something we can deal with. Absolutely. It might not be the best outcome. Of course, we don't wish to not to make money or we don't wish right to 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 make uh, certain mistakes, but that's everything we can deal with. And the price, I'm sure you agree with me, the price we pay if we don't do it is high. 
right? And I also say, like, not even your own business should cost you mental or physical health, but for sure not a corporate job. Like, this is something... I do agree. I mean, I, I I had jobs too, and I've been always in good places. I've been always with good people. Like, really, I've been treated nice. I never had, to, you know, to be like, oh, I have to go because this is horrible. But just a simple fact that you go into a place every day, you get up in the morning, or you don't get up, right? And you push it to the very last moment. I can relate yeah. to that as well. And you then resist. You, yeah, you, you just resist to the very last moment. And then you rush, right? And what does rush create again? It creates stress, right? And you end up at that place you don't want to be stressed, feeling awful, because you didn't get to your coffee because you've been snoozing for way mm-hmm. too long or whatever it is. And this continues uh, din- uh, day in, day out. And I think <laughs> the price we pay is quite high. And those fears that we have if we make that jump are actually um, quite pleasant compared, or in my opinion at least, quite pleasant compared if I would have imagined doing that job for the rest of my life. Oh, absolutely. And you just painted a perfect picture, Ivana. It was that. It was, I I did it. I would wait till the last minute. So I would rush to get ready because I didn't have a lot of time. I looked sloppy going into work. I would, you know, I walked to work. So I would walk really fast. I showed up sweaty. Then it was like, oh, you know, you got to leave this meeting. I'm frazzled, sweaty, without coffee, not looking my best, you know, at all. (laughs) The domino effect. And I don't even care anymore. the perfect picture. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. it's not worth, I mean, really what it's worth is your life and the quality of life. And so my dad died and I was like, I'm like, I'm not going to like, who am I pleasing at this point? It's not me. My parents are proud of me. My dad passed away. So it's like, okay, well, who am I doing this for? And I realized that it was for this fake narrative that I told myself that I needed to be. And it was never true. And it was never something that my parents pushed down on me either. It was just something that I just came up with and, you know, just like the excuses you tell yourself, you, you tell yourself these stories that aren't true and you believe them until you actually stop to question them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the longer we tell ourselves the lie, the more it becomes a part of our life. Simply. I want always, it's always, I think it's wrong to blame parents, to blame society, right? Because after all, it's your own choice. If you put it very simple right now. But I think at the stage where we establish our career or establish our career, where we make the first choice, right? With 18, where you, right? Where you have to make, you have to make these choices in your twenties, early twenties. And you're like, oh my God, I don't even know who I am. And now (laughs) you all asking me to choose something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life, which I personally like. The, the approach I find is very wrong to do because in your twenties you should be doing other stuff. Like I would put self-discovery prior to uh, career dis- discovery. Although of course there are exceptions and some people just know and they do mm-hmm. it. Right. But I think we can't blame society nor our parents. Right. But nor should we blame ourselves. But in the end, I think it's our choice. It's just simply our choice and everybody has that choice no matter what, right? And what I experienced so much is that it's not even people who are like, you know, not knowledgeable because at some point, if you come up with a business idea, 
you mm-hmm. can expect that you're knowledgeable, right? I mean, you don't just wake up and say like, yeah, I'm going to do this and be like, okay, but uh, <laughs> where do we start, right? And I think that most of the people yeah. just because they don't believe in themselves because they start playing small. And I think you've been doing that at some point as well, where you said like, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to do it only on weekends. It's fine yeah. only on weekends because a bit of time it might be fine right and in the in the meantime you get a bit of a pay raise and then everything gets balanced Mm -hmm. out right and you can continue playing that game of playing small playing small with your abilities it's 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 comfortable or it's safe it's not comfortable it's safe it's It's uncomfortable but it's safe (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know i i what i found is i you know i love doing research. I'm a total stat girl. I love watching documentaries and just like mm-hmm. learning about mindset and, and the brain and all the great. And I'm not a doctor, believe me, I'm not. <laughs> but I, you know, I, one of the coolest things that I have found out because I love to learn is that our brains will always try to keep us safe, right? Like yeah. that makes total sense. Naturally, we have instincts. There are certain things that, you know, if we see a car coming, like we'll either like, fight or flight, like, well, there's things that we do to stay alive that we don't even realize or, yeah. or think about. And so what I realized is that when it comes to stepping out of your comfort zone and uh, stepping out of, of what you know, your normal, your brain views that as risky, right? Yeah. It, Cause it yes. is a risk. It doesn't make like the difference, whether it's really right. risky or not. Right. Yeah. It, it does. It's, it's isn't thinking about your mental health. It's just thinking about keeping you physically safe and alive and not living under a bridge. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what I found was that all of these excuses that I kept telling myself, I, I didn't know this then. And I know this now after kind of being curious about mindset, speaking to other women and just kind of diving deeper into this, but we, we tell ourselves these things and in reality, it's, it's a subconscious way of our brains trying to keep us safe. It's, it, it's, it's, it's our way of saying, oh, Jocelyn, you don't, you don't need to go full time on your on your business. No, that's that's risky. Dangerous. Once a year where we are making six figures in a well-respected career, we know this, this is fine. It's not that bad, right? And so that's what our brain does. And so not only are we fighting these narratives that we created for ourselves, just growing up in general, but also we're fighting instinct. Our brains are literally trying to keep us safe. And so it's this thing where it's, and when you become aware of the excuses that you're making, when you become aware of the limitations and the stories mm-hmm. that you're telling yourself, you realize that they're not true. And you realize mm-hmm. that it, it's it's all just, you know, it's your brain trying to keep you safe. And 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 it takes it takes away its power when you become aware. So even just simply becoming aware, knowing that if I tell myself I'm not good enough right? Because I didn't go to fashion school, but then I take a step back. And so what you said a couple of minutes ago, no one's born knowing things. I wasn't going to be born knowing fashion. So what can I do? I can teach myself. I can take classes. I can hire someone that knows, right? So, but, it, but it's not until you take a step back and you, and you take a, take a rational approach to it that you realize these things are true. And this is just fluff that we make uh, stories that we make and our brains are, are just kind of creating these thoughts to keep us safe. But at the end of the day, it's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No, but I think it starts with looking at it. 
just, you know, feeling it is one thing, right? You feel it and you get overwhelmed and the feeling gets bigger and it consumes you almost, right? It gets mm -hmm. like, it can, yeah. it can get so huge till you resign basically, right? But the moment you look at it, you tackle it and it stays yeah. there. And from that point, you start, you know, looking at the smaller pieces and uh, digging deeper. And then you actually realize, yeah, you're not going to live under a bridge and actually all is fine. And the only thing you gain, which I think is very valuable, you can pursue your passion. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the most beautiful outcome that can happen. And Jocelyn, if like, I always get this question, yeah, but can I even do that? Because there are so many out there. And I think especially with fashion brands, if you look worldwide, there are so many fashion brands. On the other hand, in my opinion, people will always be wearing clothes. I think the Adam and Eve time is over. We will never go back <laughs> naked. And I think... <laughs> And you know, I actually people... created an, an an Eve costume in college made out of leaves. So that's funny. <laughs> that you say that. I've made an Eve costume. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. So what advice can you give if someone is hesitating starting in that industry, right? Right. Yeah. So here's the thing about that misconception. And it is a misconception because I, I do work with a lot of women. They say every design has already been designed. You know, what's the difference if I make a t-shirt, there's so many other brands making t-shirts. And here's the thing here is, here's the issue with that. When you think that way, you are basically saying that the only thing that differentiates you or sets you apart from the next brand is your product, which is not mm -hmm. the case, right? Like if you only if that's the only thing that sets you apart, yes, you're in trouble <laughs> because anyone can recreate your product at a cheaper price. I mean, with better quality. I mean, it's, it, it, the list can go on and on. The thing with that is you need to build a brand when you start a business, a brand, a brand that is rooted on your mission, a brand that is rooted on, on your story, right? That no one that is built on your experience and the way that you do things, no one can copy that. It's almost like buying a Chanel bag, right? When, if I were to give you, Ivana, a Chanel bag that you purchased for 10 grand and you saved up for three years to finally buy this purse. But if, if you, if I were to give you a dupe that I bought off the street from a street vendor for $50, you would feel very different wearing that $10,000 bag. You would feel powerful and accomplished and, mm -hmm. and, and confident and beautiful. But if you were to wear that same lookalike bag, just $50 from a street vendor, it wouldn't cause those same feelings. And what you call that, that is brand. That's the difference. And so that's what people don't realize is that they think a lot with a lot of fashion brands, they think, oh, me just making clothes or buying wholesale clothes and making a website that that's enough. And mm -hmm. it's no, it's not because you need to build a brand. You need to share your story. You need to share your mission. You need to connect with your audience on a personal level and that no one can copy because at the end of the day, even if someone were to copy Chanel, Louis Vuitton, they get copied all the time and they're still thriving. And the reason is, is because of the brand. No one can replace what they provide. They're selling not products. They're selling an idea and they're selling a feeling and in that yes. no one can replace. No mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. no one. Yeah. So when you come at it from that approach, 
then it's like, oh, there's so many. No, then it's like, no, there's only one of me. So no one can copy me. It was funny. I was, uh, I was asked, I was, there was this article. And so I was asked by this writer saying, you know, do you worry about people copying your designs? And I'm like, absolutely not. I mean, they, they can't, they, I mean, even if they do it, they can't copy my customer experience. They can't copy my voice. They can't copy my mission. They can't copy how I, the way I make my customers feel, go ahead and try to copy that. But like at the end of the day, it's people buy for my brand, not for the product. Um, and so I think that realizing that a successful business that leaves a lasting legacy that outlives you is, is built on a brand. Yeah. Yeah. On personality and, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for these insights because, of course, um, I'm working in this metric as well, right? And if you say it's just so, so, so different because I wouldn't have had answered this question to myself for the fashion brand. So it's incredible, <laughs> like how how you can literally uh, tweet everything in the direction where it needs to go. And it's, yeah. uh, it's in- incredible, valuable insight for me as well. Thank you for that, Jocelyn. No, yeah. I mean, the principles are the same. It can be for any, anything. Mm-hmm. One of my, That's creative. one of my favorite, yeah. One of my favorite examples. Are you familiar with Tito's vodka in the no. U S it's made in Austin, Texas. No. It's, it's a vodka that just got introduced in the United States. Like 10, maybe 15 years ago, mm-hmm. it's newer compared to the other vodka brands. Grey Goose and all the the fancy ones. And so it's funny because they 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 came in into a very crowded market. There was already so many vodkas out there, but somehow they they won people over. And I went from ordering vodka soda without me even noting, knowing to ordering Tito soda. And I don't know how that happened. Brand marketing, the how it's made, small barrel, it comes from a small family. So Mm -hmm. it, it I always just think back to Tito's Vodka. I'm like, if Tito's Vodka came in and became like, was able to become my number one vodka without me even realizing it in an already crowded market, you you can, you can, you can do it too. In a but, yeah. <laughs> so go, go guys and make the t-shirt if this is what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To get to my last question to round it up, Jocelyn, what do people misunderstand the most about you? You know, I would say that I do, I, I try to approach everything with a good attitude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so, you know, the way I present myself is, is oftentimes a little misleading in terms of like the struggles I really go through. Mm -hmm. So while, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm talking about my struggles and, you know, the, the death of my dad and, and it's all very lighthearted. And I mean, in reality, it's like, and I think this is the same for every entrepreneur out there is that we go through some really dark stuff. And sometimes the struggles that we go through are not really presented or showcased. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think one of the things that maybe is misunderstood about me is that I'm this happy-go-lucky girl, which, you know, I try to be, but there is a lot of hard work that I put in. I put in a lot of long hours, even as my business, but it's all because I want to. It's not because I feel like I need to, Mm -hmm. because I love it. But, but I think that the, the misconception is that, you know, you know, everything's easy. And then, you know, it's, it's not, it's, 
it's a lot of, there's been a lot of tears, a lot of hard work, a lot of frustration, oh, yeah. a lot of hours, anxiety, you know, that, that just isn't showcased. And so I would say that maybe that's probably one of the things that's misunderstood about me is that I try to make everything fabulous because that's kind of the person that I want to be. And mm-hmm. I try not to dwell in, in the issues. I'm always like, all right, I have an issue. How can I, how can I overcome this? I don't try to dwell in it. And so but once in a while, you know, I, I I gotta turn off the camera, I gotta turn off the phone, and I just gotta give a big cry. And so, but then after that, I feel better. So, um, I would say that that's probably one of the mis- biggest misconceptions about me, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs listening can also relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do relate to that, especially to the things that are sometimes difficult. But I also always want to showcase that if you are in alignment with your values in alignment with your personal needs that things they never come easy and I never I don't want to ever say that but they can come with ease and this is where I like to make a difference right uh yet the hours are long I totally agree with you that's absolutely true and I really appreciate you to be vulnerable here (laughs) say that because I think it's um important to create belonging in on these terms to show that we are all in that and it's actually nothing weird right it's like you know it's I think it's harder once more to get up every morning and go to the job you don't like oh absolutely absolutely we agree here yeah (laughs) I 1000% agree I think to anyone listening who's ever who's even considering you know quitting their job or just you know I always say as long as you're working towards it that makes it easier to wake up in the morning. That makes it easier to get through the day. And as long as you're working towards something else every day, then you're getting that much closer. Um, You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell everyone to quit their jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, just have a plan because it, 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 it it makes life easier, especially when you're in this temporary period of misery Misery. and and uncomfortable absolutely not everybody needs to quit their jobs right now but I think those (laughs) eventually yes yeah those who are now somewhat feel like um triggered they know anyway they know yeah you they know they know absolutely yeah so Jocelyn if somebody wants your help with building their brand or that their fashion brand where people can find you Absolutely. The best way to find me is on Instagram at quit your job and get creative. You can also follow me on TikTok. I love TikTok. I always post fun videos on there, quit your job and get creative. Or you can also simply just listen to my podcast, quit your job and get creative. It's available on Apple, Spotify, and basically all podcast platforms. Lovely. I'll put it all in the show notes so people can reach out to you whenever they feel like. I will say thank you so much for being here. Thank you for giving us insight, for sharing your story. And I hope that as many people as possible listen to this and get inspired and finally make the jump. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ivana. It was was such a pleasure to be here and to talk with your audience today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript, editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky parts of reel and video editing and adds value to my work as a coach and creator. You can 
try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edit.